Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. Hi, everybody. The podcast will resume as normal right after this short message. The fact is, this has been a really busy and pretty bad week. Some things happened which really were the censorship of science and the elimination of ideas from a public discourse. Uh, It involved me. I was one of several faculty members that were speaking at an event in town, a public event that would have been really nice. And um, at the last minute, I was asked to not participate. It's really disappointing because then I set up having the event held in the same building but in a different place and those who were participating who felt that they would like the information would be able to come and see it. They wouldn't have to strictly be censored by the leadership of the organization that decided to eliminate a scientist from talking about science. Um, They've now moved that venue, so now the whole thing is officially called off for now. We will hold an event in the fall that will cover the same topics. And we're going to do it in a very classy, big, and beautiful way. Because these folks are people who I really respected in a lot of ways. I love what they do, and I love their mission, and I hope that this does not affect them too much because I don't know that the people here in Gainesville who know me were behind the decision to cancel me. I do know that here I am as a scientist trying to reach across this divide. The divide that shouldn't be there and an unnecessary divide. I'm not anti-organic. I'm not anti... In fact, I support organic research. I think it's fantastic. Anything you can do to do more with less and learn about other ways and alternatives for people who don't have other farm inputs, for instance, this is very valuable research and something I've supported and something I will continue to support and defend. Let's go back to this idea of the divide. Here I am as a scientist who is recognized because of his background in biotechnology, his prowess with the subject, and visibility in those areas. But it doesn't mean I'm a one-trick pony. I've been teaching plant physiology and plant biology for decades. I know these topics. I teach the class on new crops for Florida. You know, I'm the perfect person to talk about this at any meeting for local gardeners. So you're going to hear the thoughts today as uh, about the entire story, and it ends with we're going to do this alternative, uh, you know, course here in the building down, you know, down the hall from where the original one is to give the students the option or give the participants the option. That is now officially off. So um, it's super sad because I was planning some stuff personally for the day. Um, it's my sister's 40th birthday. It would have been nice to spend it with my family. Um, I dedicated that time to this seed school event instead. And to be canceled has a very personal effect with me. And it it hurts me as a scientist. It hurts me as a person. 
and I frankly I will never do to somebody what they did to me. Enjoy the podcast. I look forward to your thoughts and feelings on this. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Talking Biotech Podcast. It's the weekly podcast about agriculture and medicine with an emphasis on biotechnology and the good things we can do for people and a planet. My name is Kevin Fult. I'm a professor at the University of Florida, and I really miss the Carl Sagan and Norman Borlaug and Penn Gillette introduction. <laughs> For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, listen to some of the old ones. I just think people get tired of listening to long intros on podcasts, which are supposed to be these nice little capsules of information. So anyway, today is a important podcast because it's covering something that happened this week that uh, just me, no guest this week. Um, I was invited to speak at what was called the third annual Southern Seed School. And before I get into that, maybe I'll just say, if there's one thing that really bothers me, it's when voices are silenced. It may be scientific voices, it may be political dissent, whatever. If there are voices, and I'm all for a marketplace of ideas, of course I end that when we have a forum that is a scientific forum. We don't invite pseudoscientific ideas to participate. Um, we do listen to them. We make a good determination. We don't exclude anyone out of hand. But it's about being a marketplace of ideas, about checking ourselves for self-deception, and ensuring that we are having good presentations with great fidelity that are consistent with the scientific literature. So I was invited to speak at the third annual Southern Seed School, and it happened really because I'm part of local gardening groups and really enjoy the community that's here in Gainesville, Florida, that uh, subscribes to these uh, organizations. And uh, one of them is uh, called Grow Gainesville on Facebook, and it's a phenomenal organization because it's a repository of local experts that really understand what the pests and pathogens and plants that grow um, are in the area, and I learn a lot there. So I go to these meetings, and recently at one of the meetings, one of the local organizers, she uh, was speaking to the group, and she's uh, presented ideas from um, what they call the Southern Seed Savers Cooperative, and really, really important group, because they allow for distribution of seeds through libraries, through uh, their central location, through other outlets where you can get seeds for free or for an annual subscription that's pretty menial. And there are things that grow well here in Florida and they're donated. So people will bring in seeds from their garden or whatever. And uh, they do a great job with employing the disabled to work on these things. And I adore the organization and I think it's outstanding. And the only drawback is when you save seeds from home gardeners you're not always sure exactly what you're saving and I would see comments in the Grow Gainesville website that said well we got these seeds but they're some radishes are purple and some are white and there seems to be a mix here 
The other thing was the presenter, uh, Melissa, really did a nice talk. She said, well, one of the big problems is look at the, the diversity in seeds that back in the late 1800s, we had 250 varieties of tomatoes. Today, only 17 of those are still available or whatever the numbers were. I probably took a guess there. But the idea was you saw a decrease in the number of varieties and currently few of the heritage varieties are commonly grown. And the audience was upset. There's a notable gasp, and the guy in front of me was shaking his head in disgust. And it was, and I know that the reason there's fewer varieties now than there were then, or I shouldn't say that, why the varieties back then are not available now is because dinosaurs die, and genetic improvements have occurred since the 1800s. And today, you can get more tomato varieties than you can shake a stick at. So uh, I mentioned that, and we had a brief discussion about it in the room. And you know, Melissa said, "You know, maybe you could join us at the seed school. It'd be, add some uh, ideas to that." I said, "Sure, love to do that." And as a scientist and a professor, and someone who knows a lot about plant biology, I, I, I think it fits. So I met with her. Um, we talked about uh, for this Southern Seed School, which is coming up. A really nice event, and it's uh, they do this every year, and they talk about. Uh, how to clean seeds, how to prime seeds, how to prepare seeds, how to plant seeds, how plants are bred. Um, really, really good information. And I was scheduled to give three talks. One was the um, history of the University of Florida breeding programs. And I prepared some really cool slides with ancient pictures and old uh, stuff. I, I contacted all the plant breeders and got information from them about the uh, history of their programs. I prepared a talk on um, plant genetic improvement, where, and this is based on one I've done before, but made it special for this group, based on how we make plants better from simple hybrids all the way through genetic engineering and, and CRISPR-Cas9 and all the new stuff. The idea was to provide these folks who are interested in saving genetics and preserving genetics with the idea of what happens when you make a hybrid. What is genetic segregation? What are the things that will distort and take away from the fidelity of the genetic lines you wish to preserve? And if you're going to be a good seed saver and you're going to be banking genetics, don't put junk in the bank. Put away the things that we know what they are. And if you're going to preserve the future of genetics, like is what their plan is, and preserve the diversity and all those things they talk about, let's think about the pedigrees, where these came from. Can we make uh, determinations from the uh, diversity that we're seeing in the among the progeny about if the parent has genetic um, homogeneity or if it's a mess inside that seed. These are the things I wanted to discuss. I also wanted to talk about the new crops from Florida uh, talk that I do which is really cool and talks about two things. What's here that is a, a year or two or generation, a few generations from domestication and what can we take out of the Florida landscapes that already are uh, resistant to the pests and pathogens of Florida that can grow in this hostile, horrible environment and be able to get those into crop production scenarios. And it could happen. There's a few things that are a few steps away. 
and um, also very interested in what could be grown here if it had one or two quick tweaks. Could we grow olives here? And by tweaks, I mean maybe traditional breeding, maybe gene editing in the near future. And these are really important questions because there's so many things that could be tried here. There's also a lot of things that are um, maybe not able to be grown here now, but maybe after climate change kicks in a few more years, we wouldn't see the killing freeze that takes out lots of crops. And maybe that's something for us to think about too. So these were all ideas I was going to present and um, ready to go for Saturday and Sunday. The other interesting edge to this is that the presentation was being put on by, or at least sponsored by at some level, by the Organic Seed Alliance, by the Seed Savers Exchange, and people would visit their websites and then say, why are you talking to these people? Like, what's wrong with you? And I'd say, well, what's wrong? I don't get the problem. And they'd say, oh, well, their ideas are about genetic engineering are way off base. And these are organizations that, you know, uh, hate biotechnology. And I, I don't care. It's not about biotechnology, for one. What we're talking about is different methods of genetic improvements and new crops from Florida and the breeding programs. That's what we're talking about. And so I really didn't care about the sponsor's ideological bends that we were going to present the science as part of a program about genetics and seeds. Wednesday, I get an email that says, you're out. And my first response was, this can't be right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about anything controversial. We're not stirring the pot. And... Um, as I started to go through this, and I, I asked the organizer, please don't do this. And um, But everything pointed to the idea that the organizers, who I consider people I, I really trust, and I, I, I do think that that's mutual, um, got pressure from sponsors and other people in the organization to have me eliminated. The science is not good if it comes from him, which is heartbreaking for a volunteer teacher who is an expert in these areas. So my first responses were extremely angry. I, I was really upset. I mean, I was walking around the house screaming about censorship and about you know the, all of the effects that the uh, that the New York Times article on me a few years ago, you know, this is a residue of that. This is a residue of people online who are either fake accounts on Twitter or establish accounts from people who we, uh, who I used to consider friends or, or reasonable scientific communicators who actually turned out to be backstabbers who are absolutely horrible and really want me out of the business, want me out of the public discussion still upsetting. <laughs> but the idea was, um, what do I do now? I mean, do I go quietly and just resign and say, fine, whatever, you know, screw it. And that would be easy. I mean, I don't sit on my back porch and drink beer on Sunday, and I really should. Um, 
instead I thought, well, what else do we do and how do we handle this correctly? And I was able to contact the folks here at uh, communications and I said, what would you do? What's the thought? And they always helped me, you know, get beyond the angry first thoughts of, you know, whatever and, and do something constructive. And we decided the best move was if you're going, and, and I should have mentioned, I helped organize some speakers here for this and I also organized the rooms. I got the classrooms available. And so um, they'll still be using the room here in the building at the University of Florida. And so what if I did a pirate class, same topics, taught just down the hall after their thing is done? So not competing against them, but filling in the same schedule, which I was the last thing in the day, could I present that information and make it available to the students who signed up for that class? Because it's not their fault that their leadership was bullied and intimidated into eliminating me from the course. I can say about a lot about their leadership. There's people I know in that organization the organizations who could have said something and should have said something and should have told whoever was causing the problem I don't know who it was because they don't tell me but they should have said no we're doing it it's science if you don't like it too bad and I was very sad to see the weakness of these folks who should be fighting for science to be to be heard so um, we will hear the science, and it'll be 2 p.m. at Fifield Hall, which is 2550 Hull Road in Gainesville, Florida. Now, Fifield Hall is a big building locked on Sundays, so if you come here at 1.50, you have to be you know, uh, on time for this one. Get here maybe at 1.30 and we'll hang out in front with the group. And 1.50, we'll go in, we'll do the talks, we'll answer questions, we'll do some fun stuff. Um, some grad students may be presenting as well, which will be really cool. And we'll do this till about 3.30, 4 o'clock. And then we'll go over to the Swamphead Brewery and we'll have beer and continue the conversation and really have a nice experience. We will turn lemons into limonade. So that's it. 1.30 to 2 o'clock out in front of Fifield Hall, which is in Gainesville, Florida, on the University of Florida campus. If you're not in Florida or not in Gainesville, we will live stream the event and we will um, also um, have it available on YouTube at a later date. And this way, the people who wanted that information suppressed will never be able to stop it. And they can see that what they banned was a very innocuous, informational, soft talk about the future of food and farming in the state of Florida by an expert who works in food and farming in the state of Florida. I think this is the most creative and innovative solution to this problem. I'm particularly aggressive about it because I'm really upset about any voices teaching science to be stopped, especially by nameless, faceless trolls on the internet. We ain't going to let it happen. 
So I hope you can make it. I hope you can watch it. For details on where it will be happening and when online, please consult my personal or well, my professional Facebook page, which is Kevin M. Fulta with the M in the middle initial there. Um, M. And uh, and then uh, look on Twitter because we'll have definitely some ideas on Twitter about where you can live stream the show and uh, where you can see the presentation. So that's it. Um, turning lemons into lemonade, uh, making something good out of something bad. And the main idea is disseminating the scientific information that others wish you to not hear. I'm Kevin Folta. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Talking Biotech, sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. With Calabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time, sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at calabra.app, C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.